Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's our 769th day together in the Word of God, and we're starting a new book today, uh, a challenging and beautiful book, Song of Solomon, or the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we dig into this beautiful book together. Heavenly Father, thank you for all parts of your word. Here we come to an extended song, a multi-part song with multiple singers celebrating love, marriage, romance, and ultimately giving us a picture of Christ, our bridegroom, and his relationship to his precious bride, the church. So, Father, be our teacher and our guide through Song of Solomon. Help us to see Christ clearly and to love him more deeply for the time we spend in your word together today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Song of Solomon, chapter 1. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will exult and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. I am very dark, but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not gaze at me because I am dark. Because the sun has looked upon me, my mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where you pasture your flock, where you make it lie down at noon. For why should I be like one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? If you do not know... O oh, most beautiful among women, follow in the tracks of the flock, and pasture your young goats beside the shepherd's tents. I compare you, my love, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are lovely with ornaments, your neck with strings of jewels. We will make for you ornaments of gold, studded with silver. While the king was on his couch, my nard gave forth its fragrance. My beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh that lies between my breasts. My beloved is to me a cluster of henna blossoms in the vineyards of Engedi. Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves. Behold, you are beautiful, my beloved. Truly delightful. Our couch is green. The beams of our house are cedar. Our rafters are pine. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's, is a multi-part song. It is sung between a bride and her bridegroom, between a woman and her lover, her husband, uh, and there are others who join in as well. There's, there's a chorus of people who are supporting this, right? Now, the big question that people always want to know about Song of Solomon is, 
Are we to take this as primarily being about marriage and romantic love? Or are we to take this primarily as being about between uh, the relationship between Christ and his bride, the church? And of course, the answer to that question, if you know me by now, you know what the answer to that question is, right? Yes, yes, of course, we are to take it as being primarily about marriage, about sexual desire, about romance, about intimacy. But from the beginning, we're told, marriage was given to us as a picture of Christ's love for his people and of our responsiveness to his love. So marriage from the beginning, Paul says in Ephesians 5, that marriage is a mystery which is given to us to tell us about Christ and the church. And so when God first created Adam in his image, and then he created Eve out of a rib from the side of Adam, and he placed Eve with Adam in the garden, and, Eve, and Adam said to Eve, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. That whole picture is intended from the very beginning to be a picture of Christ and his bridegroom. So the woman is taken by bruising, by wounding the side of the man, taking a, a, a place out of his flesh close to his heart to show the intimacy, to show the bond, and a self-sacrifice, which is a picture because when Christ died for the church, he was pierced in his side, and his side flowed with blood and water, and he took the church to his heart as his beloved, as his bride. And we are called Christian. We are named after Christ. Just like woman is named after man, Christian is named after Christ because we're taken from him. We belong to him. We have our union with him. Just as marriage is a union between husband and wife, so the essence of the Christian faith is a union between the believer and Christ and between the church and Christ. And so this is, yes, it's about marriage. But it's also, oh, also because marriage is pointing us to Christ and the church. It's about Christ and the church. The Bible celebrates passionate, intimate, romantic, and sexual love within the context of marriage. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chamber. So on a human level, this is a call for wives to delight themselves in the physical affection of their husbands and is a, an invitation for husbands to, to pursue their wives, to draw your wife after yourself, to, to, to take her into the marriage bed and to enjoy that intimacy together. But on a spiritual level, for all of us Christians, married or not married, young or old, widowed, widowed, whatever, whatever our stage, Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Heaven, loves us, loves us with a passionate love that is committed to us, and he draws us into his chambers so that we can have real intimate fellowship. We can lay our hearts open bare before him. We can be known by him and we can know him. These others, 
who celebrate. This is within the church and within Christian community. Others should be supporting marriage. We will exult and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. We should be pro-marriage. We should be pro-romance. We should be supporting it and encouraging it. One way that we're getting ready to do that at Forest Hill Church is that on March 2nd of 2024, we are going to be having a marriage event, a dinner for married couples to come out and to enjoy an evening of intimate fellowship together. And that is going to be wonderful. We're going to, we're going to have table conversation, good food. We're going to enjoy good conversation. And we're going to encourage that to be a date night for, for husbands and wives to come together and to enjoy one another. And so we're supporting that as a church. But we should also realize that the, the angels in heaven, the company of the heavenly host, they serve those whom God has called to everlasting life. And they, they help us. They're helpers in our relationship with the Lord. And so I kind of look at the angelic host as being the others who are who are praising the Son of God and also cheering us on and encouraging us and helping us in our relationship with Christ. Now, the woman here, we don't know that much about this woman, but we know here that she has dark complexion. And why does she have a dark complexion? Because she is... Uh, she's been spending a lot of time out in the sun. She's not really highly privileged or favored within her own family of origin. Just as Christians are often despised and rejected by the world, just like Christ was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. First uh, Corinthians 1 tells us that not many wise and not many honorable and not many mighty and not many noble were chosen to be uh, followers of Christ and to be precious in his sight. So this woman is someone who is not really prized by her own family of origin, but she is prized by her lover, by her husband. He loves her and she loves him. She says of her husband, Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where you pasture your flock, where you make it lie down at noon. For why should I be like one who veils herself beside the flock's of your companions. She wants to know, where do you pasture your flock? And then he responds by saying, hey, follow in the tracks of the flocks and pasture your young goats beside the shepherd's tents. He's inviting her to come and bring her livestock to mingle among his livestock and to have that commonality together. In, in marriage, we share things in common. We bring our things together. But it's also, whenever we see uh, images of Christ and the king, right? He's the king, Christ the king, and the flocks. We should always think about the church. And there's a rightness for the much, the more we love Christ, the more we want to be among his church. There's a rightness about that. We love Christ. We want to be with Christ. Our soul loves him. He loves us. And so we want to be among his flock. We want to be among his sheep. So where where is his sheep grazing? Where do we see the people of God gathered together, grazing in the word of God, enjoying the blessed fellowship with God and with one another? That's where we want to be. And that's where Christ invites us to come. Follow in the tracks of the flock. And so come in among the flock, I think, is how you can apply that spiritually when we look at this as an image, not only of marital love and also provision. There's a kind and loving provision 
husbands should provide for their wives and for their family, and, uh, and, and the wives should be responsive to that provision. Notice that the husband praises the beauty of the wife. Husbands should regularly be praising the beauty of their wives, uh, should be telling them how much they adore them. I wouldn't necessarily say, I compare you to a female horse. Your wife probably isn't going to appreciate that comparison. Oh, my wonderful wife, you look just like a female horse among Pharaoh's chariots. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with that line. But, but you should. You should say positive things about how beautiful your wife is and how lovely she is and how much you appreciate her. And they should be genuine and sincere. It's not just a line that you're feeding her, but it's, it should be genuine. It should be genuine. And notice the others chime in here and say, we will make for you ornaments of gold studded with silver. You know, at a wedding, the others bring wedding gifts. And, and sometimes the wedding gifts they bring are for the ornamentation of the home or for the ornamentation of, of the bride or the husband. And so, um, so, so we should be supporting marriages and, and again, giving. And again, we can also think of the angels who, who serve us in serve those who are to inherit salvation, as Hebrews 1 says. So there's intimacy here. When, when the king was on his couch, my nard gave forth its fragrance. My beloved is to me as a sachet of myrrh that lies between my breasts. My beloved is to me a cluster of henna blossoms in the vineyards of Engedi. And then he says, behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves. And she says to him, behold, you are beautiful, my beloved. Truly delightful. Our couch is green. So they're praising each other. And they're delighting in each other and they're expressing outwardly this love to one another. It's so, it's so frustrating to me as a pastor when I know that a married couple has been married for a long time and they no longer outwardly express warm and tender affection for one another or appreciation for each other or they don't compliment each other or they don't praise each other. They should. You should. If you're married, you should praise your wife, praise your husband, compliment them show appreciation for them and seek that intimacy. You know, look into each other's eyes, lay in each other's arms, enjoy the warmth of intimacy together because that is key to a healthy marriage. But also, if we love the Lord, how many Christians have been Christians for a long time and yet don't spend time with the Lord on a daily basis? Don't don't get away alone with the Lord to read the Bible and to pray and to really worship the Lord privately. If we belong to the Lord and the Lord is our Lord, really, our bridegroom, our the lover of our soul, Jesus, lover of my soul, let me hide myself in you. We should go to him. We should spend that intimate time with him every day, just like we should within our marriages. All right, Song of Solomon, that's chapter one. We're going to have much to learn as we go through this book in the coming days and weeks. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for blessing us with the gift of marriage, and more than that, for blessing us with the gift of Jesus, our great high priest, our great king, and our great heavenly bridegroom. Help us to seek Jesus and to be in intimate fellowship with him, and help us to support marriage, and help us, those of us who are married, to appreciate our spouses and to invest in the intimacy of the relationship of our marriage. We pray all of this for the glory and honor of your name among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for Song of Solomon 1, and uh, we're going to go on to chapter 2 tomorrow. I hope you have a blessed day. 
in the Lord.